Hey guys, it is Hey Schwat. Hey, it's Hey Schwat. Haha. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry I'm doing Tanya so late. Um, it's actually one of the first days. It is the first time. Like, literally, it became one o'clock today. I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot about Tanya. <laughs> it was such a wild experience that hasn't happened to me since I started this. Um, like, really forgetting. Um, which was wild because. I just was, I just noticed, like, it was cool to see where my mind went. Like, my mind so easily could have just gone to, like, oh, Hannah, you forgot about it, sillies. Uh, but instead, it was just like, wow, like, I have not forgotten about this in 45 days. Like, this is the first time. And so, whatever, it was cool. Um, and I think that, not to be like, whatever, but I think that <clears throat> that story that came, like, that Bina story, was a result of having more access to my state of Chachma. Um, because when you gain more access to your state of Chachma, <clears throat> which is that calm, confident, capital S self, loving, compassionate, knowing that everything is actually okay and just sees kind of the good in life, like the more access you have to that, literally even then naturally when your Bina starts making stories, I just, I see this happen in my life. Like, the more access that I gain to Chachma, the more my Bina actually starts reflecting my godly soul instead of reflecting my animal soul. And obviously not all the time, but like in the small moments where it happens, I'm like, hey, it's so cool. <laughs> so anyways, that was fun. So today's chapter, we're just ta- we're talking about Ava Masuteras, right? Which is this hidden love, this inner deep sense inside of us that never goes away. Sometimes it's in a state of sleeping, <clears throat> but it's inner... It's a Yerusha from our um, from our forefathers. You know, it's we don't earn, you don't have to earn this state of self. It's a gift to you, literally, just because you're alive and and you're a Jew. And what the state of self is is it's the Orient Sof shining in your soul. It is literally the essence of God shining brightly within you. And this um, sense of of light and love and connectivity it manifests specifically in the state of Chachma, which is the state of open wonder you know it's the space beyond the story so we've been talking about this this state of self that we had that we have and that what the author has been telling us is that you don't always have access to this you know it's not it, you have access to this bit um through the first bunch of chapters of tanya which is which was the long short way which is that meditation and really deep internal work and like really like getting to know your whole internal world and all that but here the author is saying is actually you can actually access this through the short long way too which is what happens when you have a test of faith which is that moment when you're being threatened with what this essence of self this avamsutaris this burning love of of god it's burning love of love literally of the unity this desire for the unity all it wants is the unity and so the what awakens it is when it it's tested with a test of faith when it's tested with with because what 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 happens in that moment is that it's like oh my gosh this is about to this is the opposite of what i desire all i desire is the unity and then when when the test of faith happens when somebody says it says convert or die right this essence this pintalayid inside of a person just starts screaming it's like i can't do that so um but then the author of his question starting in chapter 20 is but we're the whole point of tanya is i said that it's not only about that time that you're going to sacrifice your life when somebody's saying convert or die somehow this this 
inner sense of self, this higher self inside of us, this place inside of us that is shining with godliness, that's shining with love and light and connectedness, and this place inside of us that desires to live in that space of connectedness, um, that is able to affect us on an everyday level, on an everyday way, in an, in our everyday life, and is actually meant to be able to do mitzvahs ase and not do the mitzvahs lois ase, which means cause and effect that somehow the mitzvahs ase and mitzvahs lois ase are expressions of the unity of God or the disconnected from the unity of God, which is why the Avmasuteris would care to do the mitzvahs ase and care to not do the mitzvahs lois ase because that's what the Avmasuteris cares about. That's what awakens it. What awakens it is the desire to be part of the unity or the fear of being disconnected from the unity. And what we're saying is that this Avmasuteris actually affects a person choosing to do mitzvahs, mitzvahs or not do not mitzvahs. So how does that make sense though? How could we say... That's the question of chapter 20. How can we say that this, that all of the mitzvahs ase and all the mitzvahs lais ase are actually expressions of the unity of, of Hashem? And so that's um, today's chapter, um, and it's going to be in two parts, today and tomorrow. And the chapter is essentially about the unity of God. We're going to really, and the next few chapters are really going to be breaking down what does it mean that God is actually one? Like, what what does that mean? Does that mean that there's a creator that created the world? Does it mean something more? Like... So really like getting into it and where it's going to lead us is, first of all, it's going to lead us to the, a place of, oh my God, I want to do mitzvahs because what we're going to see is that mitzvahs are literal expressions of the unity. It's not like there's the unity of God and then there's mitzvahs. It's literally one and the same. Um, and like I said before, I said this yesterday, but I get really overwhelmed when it's talking about mitzvahs, but I'm just realizing more and more throughout this Tanya journey that holistic health literally holistic health meaning spiritual mental emotional and physical well-being includes mitzvahs it just does it includes mitzvahs and so i bless myself and i bless us all that on this journey of exploring the unity of hashem and how that manifests in our lives we're not afraid and i'm not afraid to like lean into that that includes the way i tie my shoes (laughs) and it includes what i the way I dress my body and it includes the way I check my lettuce for bugs like you know and that that all of those experiences aren't things that are separate from my overall well-being they're actually part of the wholeness that I essentially am that I essentially am and that I'm essentially being created to find within me you know and then at the same time as that what we're going to discover through realizing that God is literally one (laughs) is that there's no part of me that can be left behind from that equation, you know? And if there is, then it's not unity. You know, if you're talking about the unity, but there's a part of you that's left behind, you're not talking about the unity. So literally, like, if you if you have a theme song for the next few prakim, you can sing Avram Fried's No Jew Will Be Left Behind, but just translate, change the word Jew into part of you, part of me. No part of me is going to be left behind. If I'm really going to get into the unity of God, but there's a part of me that is left over there, it's not, it's not, it's not the unity. And that doesn't mean that that part of me has to become looking perfect in order to be part of the unity. It's going to be exactly as it is part of the unity. Just like when Mashiach comes, the Jew as the Jew is, not the Jew as he could be or should have been or wants to be as, as that person is, they are going to be within Mashiach. Also us in the state of the unity, we come to realize that every single part of me, including the parts of me that I'm not so into, including the parts of me that 
desire mitzvah, like all of it, including mitzvahs, including the scared, traumatized parts of me, including the fear, including all of it, all of it's part of the unity. There's nothing that's not part of the unity. So anyways, let's start inside. There's a um, few paragraphs today. It's not so long. It's well known. That the mitzvah of... Sorry, wait for the siren. <laughs> that... Ooh. I'm allow everybody to be okay. Um, that the mitzvah to not do avayda zara, shame. That the ki mitzvahs v'azharas avayda zara. That all the mitzvahs and also the commandment to not do avayda zara. Shehem shnei dibros harishanim anayachi v'layelacha him klos kula. That the first commandment and the second commandment, the first commandment being I am Hashem your God, and the second commandment being don't have any other gods. That those two comprise the entire Torah. How ki dibro anayachi the first dibro which was anayachi Hashem lekacha. Kaila Kolramach Mitzvah Asse includes all of the 248 positive commandments. Velaya Lecha, which is the second, the second Dibra, do not have any other gods. Kaila Kolshasa Mitzvah Slasse includes all of the 365 prohibitive commandments. Velachain Shemanu Anaychi Velaya Lecha Levad Mipi Hagavura, Kamamar of Tinitachar and the Racha, Mimnishahim Kolsatarakula. That's why we only needed to hear those two commandments from God because those two commandments included the entire Torah. So it's essentially like we heard the entire Torah from God. Question, very obvious, why do those two commandments include all the rest of the Torah? The Levar hates it, because you would think not. Like, don't have any other gods seems worlds apart from don't eat a bug. It just seems so drastically far apart from each other. Or like, believe in god and like tie your shoes the right way like what you know it's a, good, it's a really good question i'll turn up this spot on okay to understand this you must briefly just talk about the idea of god specifically the, the concept of hashem in that he's the one god and that he's called unique and one and just noticing that the altar is saying Bikitsara in short. This in these few chapters, this is like a summary. But God willing, I don't know if we'll still be doing this by then, but hopefully we will be. Shariachud Vemuna gets into the details. What does it actually fully mean that God is actually one? So this is kind of like a summary of everything the altar says there. Okay, so Vachoma Minim Shahu who all believe that he is one alone. The same way that he was before the world was created. You are he who was before the world was created, and you are he who is since the world was created. And that he, that, that same God, has not changed. It's the same God. Even with all the creation, it's still the one Hashem. And all of the creation has not made an effect on on God. Ki elam hazeh. We're gonna explain all of this, so have patience. Ki elam levachin kol elam salyanim enam pa'elam shum shinim b'chuzei zbarach b'ibaram me'ayin liish. For this world and likewise all the supernal worlds had absolutely no effect or change in His unity by having and being created of a state of nothingness. Just notice that the author doesn't say did not affect Him. Dalter says, does not affect his unity. So we're not saying that we don't have an emotional effect on Hashem. A lot of times people make that translation here. You know, the world don't have any effect on Hashem. It's not true. It's that 
the unity of Hashem has not changed. The oneness, the singularity of God has not changed. But being that God is infinite, God is able to create reality in a way that though he has remained one, he still feels us. It's a contradiction, but contradictions can exist within infinity. It's nimna nice. That's just the way it is, you know? And think about it. Even we can hold contra- contradictions, how much more so God? Like, how does God do that? Well, how do I feel happy and sad at the exact same time? <laughs> like, you know, things, things aren't always simple. The same way that he was one before he created, he is as much one after he created, as much alone and singular. How is this possible? Because all of the world is not beside him as if absolutely non-existent. Just noting again here, a lot of times it's easy to translate that as like, compared to God, we don't exist. But it's not true. What the thing that, and this I've learned, I learned from Shar Yechud, and so the altar is not really getting into here because he told us that he's only giving us a summary. But in Shar Yechud, he makes this very clear that what is the components of us that stops existing when we are compared to God? When we're put into the context of the unity of God, what about us stops existing? The altar says it's kind of Ephes Mamish. What does that mean? It means the parts of us that have, that experience themselves as separate from God those stop existing and what we start to realize when we are when we are now within the unity is that we are actually manifestations of the one god we are essentially the one god (laughs) and it's it's hard to say that it's crazy to say that because i look at my hand and i don't see god and so for me to look at my hand and say this is god is tricky because it doesn't look like god to me so it's tricky to say this is God. And that's why the altar can't really tell us to do that because he knows that our vision will never actually be able to see the reality around us as God. And so he can't really tell us that it is God. But the truth is, is that everything is one. And Hashem also says we exist, which means that we essentially are God. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Not really. I'm not really kidding. It sounds crazy, but we're not God in the sense of god as he is but we're god in the sense of we are we can you can really only ever be a part of hashem because hashem has not changed so what that means about us does it mean that you're not you no it means that you are you and that you are actually absolutely magnificent (laughs) and full of splendor and beauty and love and light and every single part of you is literally shining with radiation that you're just not always seeing just like you don't always see god that just like you don't always see god you don't always see that you are also literally a direct piece of Hashem. All of the worlds coming into being, the upper worlds and the lower worlds. This is we're talking about Silas here. We're talking about Adam Kadma, and we're talking about every single supernal and physical being. The reason that's able to stay in existence. How? It's only because the word of God and the breath of Hashem is inside of these worlds and inside of these moments. So this is just the beginning. We have a few chapters left of getting into this and I love it. It's so exciting for me personally. Um, But just, yeah, just stay curious. Stay curious and blessing us all to go into Shabbos. I doubt anybody's listening to this before Shabbos, but I'm blessing all of your energies and my own energy that for this Shabbos I can feel myself and that you can all feel yourselves. 
like literally feel the breath inside of you and just literally notice that that breath is the breath of Hashem. And it's not only the breath inside of you is the breath of Hashem, it's every single part of you is literally shining with, with God. It's all, it's all God. It's all God and God equals love, which means that literally every single part of my body, every single part of my inner world, every single part of the small energy around me, larger energy around me, my home, the people in my home, the places around me, the tomorrow, the yesterday, the thoughts, everything, it's all part of the unity, meaning it's all made inside of love. Imagine love being this big bubble full of love and every single thing that could possibly exist is inside of it, that possibly exists inside of your world is inside of that love. And not only floating inside of the love, it is actually transparent to the love. So you can literally visualize that, like see yourself, see this, these things in your lives, in your life, and then just imagine it the same color as love. Um, to be continued. Good job,